It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome to the February 1st edition of the PFF Forecast. It is Wednesday evening. It is the off week. No games this weekend, but that does not mean that we will rest. We're going to talk a little strategy with Judah Ford Gang, SGPs, how to fit them into your bet portfolio, and when you do, how to construct them in the best way possible. It's going to be great. I've been meaning to do that um, conversation for a while, finally had the opportunity to do so. And of course, we're still going to play some bets today. So Arjun is going to come on and join us, and we're going to find uh, some value before the rest of the uh, peasants come in and start uh, start hammering overs. So with that, let's rock. We have no Seth uh, Galena today, which means the podcast is going to be 40 minutes shorter and uh, there's no there's no pet peeves, no football pet peeves. So uh, he better be storing them up for us when he comes on next week. Brad and uh, and Jude are going to kick it off uh, with us. How you doing, fellas? I'm, I'm doing great. You know, uh, excited to take a little bit of a breath uh, before we can dive back into you know, some, some Super Bowl stuff. It's good to take a breath uh, every, once every 20 weeks or so. I think if I just came off a 50K winner, I'd be I'd be looking for action. But hey, you know, to each their own. Uh, yeah, more time to build the next one now. I get it. I get it. Brad, see, Brad has actually had a really busy week because as a Bears fan, this is like, you know, this is Super Bowl week. I mean, everyone's doing mock draft sims. Like the uh, people here, I, I'm assuming members of the press uh, are familiar with the PFF mock draft sim. We had four times as many people, over four times as many people, do a mock draft sim last week than we had last year. And I think it's all your Bears fans. It is, I would imagine uh, so. I would imagine so. And also, keep a tab. Trevor Sikkim is posting all that great Senior Bowl content on Twitter. I think mm-hmm. I've consumed more videos of guys that are probably going to go in the sixth round than anyone he could possibly imagine. But hey, it's out there. It's great content. And then you can go see those videos and go draft those guys in the mock draft sim. Um, yes, you can. Uh, go to pff.com for all that great content. Obviously, Judah's content uh, on there as well. Brad's doing a phenomenal job with free agency, the free agency um, rankings that it's really second to none. Projected contracts, uh, data and analysis. Um, it is uh, it is one of one. Um, and uh, if you're interested in betting on the draft, which I'm excited for the Super Bowl, but I'm really excited for draft props. I'm out here in New York and just a quick anecdote. I was talking to um, some of the uh, the people that uh, work at the sports books, and um, draft props and the draft in general, like, is the place to be. Like they admitted it. They were like, you know, it's tough for us to win on draft props, um, and they don't they don't lose on many things, right? I mean, these guys are printing money. Um, on a weekly basis. And the draft is not one of those areas. 
Now, part of it is obviously the the kind of regular better doesn't come in and bet the draft. So it's a lot of people that are betting on information and sharp information, but like it can be had. And so really excited for that. People in the uh, the printing press discord already talking about draft props, which is exciting. Uh, by the way, go join that if you have not already. We've got merch. I need to, I, they should have been delivered, uh, should be delivered tomorrow to my home. So it'll be great. Get yourself uh, some of that by joining the discord. Okay, let's talk. Um, SGP strategy. And the way I want to kind of tee this off, Judah, is if you go on social media, it seems like people only place SGPs. And that can be a little harrowing because then you go in there and you're creating 15 different SGPs and that's all you have. And then you're sitting there, you know, kind of hoping and wishing on a prayer. I assume that's not quite what you do. But you also do a very good job of constructing, as you call it, a portfolio of bets. And those include the 50K, you know, same game parlays, right? Um, But it's not the only thing that you're doing. So, you know, talk us through how you construct your what makes up your portfolio of bets on a particular game or a particular week. Yeah. Uh, So I think there there are almost two points here. Number one is I don't have a like uniform rule, which is like if I think I have a good sense of kind of like there's going to be a narrow range of outcomes. Uh, on teams like I won't necessarily go out of my way to like place much at all on an SGP right like if I don't have a great tails angle I'm not going to force it in there that's that's the first thing and like conversely like in this past like the championship games I didn't really have a good sense of like who was going to win like I didn't I didn't have a strong lead on spreads and there it was more a matter of like okay uh, I'll play some same game parlays but I'm not going to just like okay I don't have my regular unit on uh, you know a spread or, or a total or whatever let me just go like filter that and place a uh, same game parlay. I didn't do that. You still kind of constructed it as a, a small portion. So that's that's kind of the, the first point. Uh, the second is you kind of, I, I think of it as almost like pyramid, which is like, where's my thesis coming from? Uh, do I have a strong lean on like a particular angle that's going to turn into an SGP? And that's how I think the game's going to go. Where it's like, I think, let's say to use last week's example, didn't end up working out. Uh, but it's like, I think the Eagles are going to win, particularly because I'm so confident in this angle right there i'll be fine just placing the same game parlay but if i it's actually built from a place of like i think that for instance the, the cowboys uh, parlay that i hit it didn't kind of fr- come from like oh i think dak prescott's gonna play well it was like i actually like the cowboys here so there i'm gonna place bets first on let's say the spread i my personal preference is not to uh, i just generally prefer to place the the alt spreads um but i can understand why someone would just place that one spread to kind of account for most of the variance and then a kind of a level down, uh, I would say I place kind of like a mini same game parlay, which is very broad and just takes into account kind of my central thesis. So to use the example of the Cowboys one, I was confident that the Cowboys were going to win and they were going to win through the pass. So I'm going to keep it to two angles. I'm going to dedicate most, but not all of my bankroll to that. Uh, and then I can start to really build out this kind of SGP process, which we'll talk about later, which is just a kind of a small fraction but enough to really make a difference because I'm not really, uh, it's one thing when you, when you see people posting online uh, and I happen to have a, like a, a bigger bet size, that's fine. When you like win $5, it's amazing. But the, the common theme is I wish I put more. Uh, and it's not to say like you should uh, not do it responsibly. It should be a, por- a portion of your bankroll. But the fact that it is long odds shouldn't mean that you should like, okay, I'll spend much less because the odds are longer. I think that's kind of the key point. And it's like when I won that one time, I'm really glad that I put just a little bit more money because the same game parlays, I'm like basically trying to break even until that one time when I really hit it. 
Uh, and like, obviously you have to do it responsibly, but just because the odds are long, doesn't mean you shouldn't uh, kind of put a, a decent amount on it. Um, well, I, I had a slightly, oh, yeah. go ahead, go ahead. No, 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 no. So I had a slightly different question for you, but tied to, to uh, your, your past SGP, you talked about how you found an angle of when AJ Brown or Devontae Smith goes over, the other one also is likely to go over. Um, have you found, or is that, you know, I'm sure you're looking at the odds themselves and how they increase when you add more plays. So for, you know, I would think intuitively that if you add those two things in there, they actually would boost it even more than just, hey, let's say, you know, AJ Brown over 80 yards is what, plus 150. I'm just making it up. Devontae Smith over 60 is whatever. If you add those two in there, it's going to boost it by more than just the mathematical, you know, increase because those things probably shouldn't happen in tandem. But you actually found that it did. And is there even a larger edge there? Because you're basically, you're, you're gaming against what they maybe are increasing the odds with those two correlated plays. I hope yeah, that so makes sense. <laughs> no, that's 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 a great point. And this is something kind of when we like get into the actual construction of the SGP, which maybe we can do now, uh, which is like well, layering actually, in. I, I have one question before yeah. you get into that, just so people have a sense of your exposure there. So I think you're talking about what you said, you know, don't just because it's long odds, don't just, you know, throw five bucks on it, right? If your unit size is, let's say 25, 50 or 100. So I think just to kind of repeat back what, what you were saying, it's like, you know, if you're going to bet a unit, you know, uh, on, you know, these other bets, bet a unit on an, an SGP, is, is that the way that you phrase it? And like, from a percentage standpoint, what, what would you say the average is for you in terms of your exposure to an SGP versus kind of the other that's your yeah. So uh, my exposure is probably like ten percent. I happen to again in games where I either have like a lot of conviction or I think the like tails angle is the kind of driver of like my view of the game. Where it's like I'm really convinced that this angle is going to hit. Uh, that's when I'll kind of, as I did for the Cowboys one, put a little bit more on it. But it's generally it's ten percent. Uh, I'm also like allocating portions of stuff to to do live uh, and understand like I can maybe hedge off some of my uh props live but i'm not just like saying okay i'm gonna put down one percent you know 20 percent it's more so like a, a range that probably averages out to like still a small fraction but enough to actually be a meaningful difference when you do kind of hit cool um okay so let's get into now we've we understand how uh kind of our bankroll is dispersed and now we're getting into the fun stuff which is like okay What's what's the what are the ingredients to me making, you know, 50, 100, 200, whatever uh, K um, and, and how do we construct those? Because I'll just say this, like if you go in, if you open up your sportsbook app, they're going to promote a bunch of different same game parlays to you. They're probably all going to look very similar. And, you know, it's kind of the run of the mill stuff, right? It's like, OK, these two players score a touchdown, you know, their quarterbacks, maybe both quarterbacks are going to throw for 300 yards. It's stuff that, you know, it's not helping you. Uh, kind of create an edge for yourself. So as you think about it, um, your strategy for giving yourself an edge um, in in constructing uh, a parlay in the same game. And the, and the reason, just for anyone out there that's, that's kind of new to this, the reason that's so compelling is that things within a game are correlated to one another. And so whereas if you're betting on the first touchdown score of six different games, just because you hit the first one has no bearing. You may think you're lucky or you have the hot hand, but I can promise you like there is no correlation to you, uh, you know, no causation to help you then get that second one. But in the same game, those things are all interconnected, right? And so, you know, that kind of mentality allows for you to kind of really create 
um, this cool strategy. So why don't you walk us through what, what that strategy looks like? Yeah, so I start with, as I like to say, some central thesis. We talk about this all the time on the podcast, right? And I have its varying reasons what like gets me to that initial thesis. It's usually something kind of data-driven that I'm finding as I'm, as I'm digging through things. And uh, instead of just stopping there and betting it, I'm basically saying, okay, let's play it out to uh, its, its conclusion. And I ask myself basically two questions, which is one, uh, what happens in this game script that allows for my thesis to play out? Meaning like certain teams, uh, the Eagles, let's say, they need some driver to make them throw a lot because they're not the Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs and they're just going to throw 45 times no matter what because that's how they operate their offense, right? They need some sort of driver. They need probably their opponents uh, to either score a bunch to keep them aggressive or they need their running game to fall completely flat. I'm kind of asking like, what's the game script? So that's one angle to it. And the second is uh, what else needs to uh, the second angle is like the second order effects uh, of basically saying if player X, uh, you know, throws for 300 yards, play out the rest of the story, what else is going to happen, right? To use the Cowboys example, it's how does Dak Prescott get those yards? Are they coming from CeeDee Lamb? Are they coming from Dalton Schultz? Or better yet, the reason I added T.Y. Hilton to that leg is I said, if Dak Prescott's going to hit 300 yards, he's going to have to hit a deep pass at some point. T.Y. Hilton's been the deep guy. He's like likely to get 40, 50 yards. That's not being priced in because he's at 20 right now. And you're kind of asking, okay, play out this scenario. If they're in this passing script, what else needs to happen? Uh, and then this, I think, gets to, to Brad's point, which is within those two questions, uh, and there's kind of a lot to uh, handle, I guess, without like seeing something visually, I'm looking at team tendencies. And that's, I think, the key, and that's where I think there's the most value. So to, to kind of walk you through the process of even building a parlay last week, if you took the over on you know Hertz passing yards, uh, Brown receiving yards, Smith receiving yards, and then you look at Dallas Goddard, I'm thinking, okay, the whole point of this is that I think that the Eagles are going to throw to the outside receivers and not the tight ends, right? And if anything, those two guys hit together and no one else hits. I'm going to say that Dallas got under is actually the most correlated play. But the sportsbook had it the opposite way. The odds barely moved if you took Dallas got over 45 and a half, but they almost tripled when he took the under. Because there's a natural correlation there basically saying if you're taking the Hurts over by a lot, and all of the other receiver overs uh, should be correlated as well. But I don't think that's the case. Another classic example and one I've been using all year is that rushing props uh, and like the, the more bullish you get on your team spread, right? If I, if I the game is minus two and a half and I put it as minus six and a half, that's going to be really correlated with rushing props. But for certain teams and certain quarterbacks accounting for their team tendencies, I actually think that's more correlated for the quarterback because the reason they built up that six and a half point lead in the first place had nothing to do with their running game but had everything to do with their passing game. And they're only going to stop passing and start rushing once that game is already in hand. And to get to that point, again, going back to that kind of first prong of the game environment, that happens through the passing game and not the running game. So, you know, one of the things that I think is really interesting is we are really lucky because we spend a ton of time with, uh, you know, data and analysis, right? And I'm thinking about the, you know, the person out there, the member of the printing press, or you know, first-time listener, whatever it is, first-time better, and how they might actually do some of this themselves, right? And like, maybe take us through how you start to find those those theses. Are there certain things that you're looking at, right? And and, and what do I mean by that? Like, how do I start some of my analysis? I'll give an example. I often start by looking at 
the the two teams, right? Actually, I, I go to pff.com. I'm not just like pimping the product. It's what I use. And I look at the, the matchups, right? I look at the offense. I look at the one offense versus one defense. And I look at the other. And then I kind of start asking myself, okay, what am I noticing? What questions do I now have? You know, do I notice Dallas Goddard? Wow, he's he's third in PFF grade. Interesting. Linebackers on the other side, on the Giants, they're not great. Maybe I'll go dig a little bit deeper, right? But like, how do you, Gio, what, what are kind of some of the starting points? And what are the things that you find yourself coming back to from an analysis standpoint that are often helping construct the angle that you have because there's an ocean of data out there right you, you could yeah. you know you could start somewhere and never end up where you where you get to yeah uh, so i think kind of similar to you i never one look at like the pff and the matchups and that's certainly something i come back to but i have like a uh, kind of like in my r script i have a file that i keep going back to which basically outlines all the team tendencies and by that it can range from like how often they play man or zone uh, to just kind of like some basic stats. What's their EPA? What's their success rate? Uh, how often do teams pass against them? How often do teams run against them? What do they do against the blitz? What about pressure? What about not? I have a whole bunch of these kind of variables that I'm looking at. And I'm I'm looking at the matchups and I'm saying, okay, what sticks out? Uh, and from there, I'm going to build out and say like, okay, uh, you know, Joe Burrow's, uh, Patrick Mahomes is great against the blitz. This team blitzes a lot. Uh like, let's bet on Patrick Mahomes. Not a great example because it's always good to, to bet on Patrick Mahomes. But there are plenty of kind of like anomalies that you'll find. And this is stuff we've been pitching all year uh, that are kind of matchup based. The other thing is I'm like looking to kind of bet the same recurring. I think there's a huge market inefficiency with like quarterbacks, passing yards and spreads because they're just automatically uh, going to price in. And I'm looking for like, OK, what about the pace of this game? Right? Is the quarterback, is Joe Burrow going to have enough passing attempts? Is the game going to be quick-paced enough? Uh, and I'm just like looking at kind of the same metrics uh, and just like tailoring it for the matchup and saying, does it fit this week? Who's hurt? Uh, that's another thing I keep coming back to is injuries. And I like, it's very difficult to quantify injuries. And I think especially if you're a matchup-based, uh, you know, betting week to week, it's very difficult to price in. And I'm looking for kind of those inefficiencies. Yeah. No, it's really interesting. And looking at those different subsets of of performance, you know, I think that's really helpful for people, right? And those are, you know, those are some of the things that we try and bring to to people on pff.com and like allow them to start digging into. But it's it's hard like to kind of navigate your way through there. And I think everyone wants to find those things, but but time is, you know. <laughs> like no one has the time to yeah. do that. So that's one of the reasons we suggest people go, obviously read your content, you put in that work and and uh, yeah. then bring it to the people. Um, but it's cool for, you know, for those to kind of start, you know, if you're interested in like, okay, how could I use some programming? And by the way, like if you're, if you've never programmed before, just open up ChatGPT and ask it to write awesome. you a script. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, I just, I, I want to say two things here. Number one on the programming point, I, I like started with absolutely nothing. Right, like I was betting, I didn't know anything. The way I like got into programming in the first place was just like following tutorials so that I could do this easier. And like I promise you, if I could do it, anyone can do it. Uh, the second thing, just like as we're kind of making a general point about like process, my I happen to be very good at tails angles. Like that's the thing that I happen to see. I think like everyone kind of should be looking for that niche, the thing that they themselves are good at, where they have conviction and they can see kind of their own angles. That could be a spread, it could be a total, it could be player props, it could be anything. I don't think it's a one size fits all type of thing. I think you kind of have to like 
know how to look at the data and crunch it kind of the way that your brain makes sense or it makes sense to your brain. Uh, and I think that's kind of the key point. It happens to be the tail stuff for me. I know that. That's why I don't bet much, you know, spreads at all, uh, to, to be honest. But uh, that's the point I would stress about, like, in your process, just knowing what you're actually good at uh, and knowing kind of where you can sift through the data and how you can, like, actualize that into good bets. I did have a follow-up with you real quick on the injury point you made. I, and I'm taking this from something I you always hear on fantasy Twitter when people talk about, oh, this team lost this receiver, so there's this many vacated targets or this much vacated target share. And there's kind of an adage I've seen where it's like, that's not really a thing. Like, the player, it's not a one-to-one where if this guy leaves, all of a sudden everyone else is just going to get more usage. Tying that back to the injury point, like, when a guy goes down, do you think there's value in the books assuming, okay, this player usually gets four targets a game, let's say it's their number two receiver. The top receiver goes down, and they're, oh, now he's going to get seven targets this week. No, he's probably still going to get his usual workload. They're just going to find other ways to replace, um, you know, that, that guy's production. Or maybe he'll get a little bit uptick. But do you think there's also kind of edges in being contrarian with how they respond and react to certain injuries, you know, at, at skill-making positions? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's it. That's almost a great example. Uh, and it's like this This gets back to like where team tendencies really make a difference, which is like knowing how roles are going to change. Uh, if like people like to say, like, if the X receiver is down and they're going to bring it like a new person into the X receiver role, like for some teams, that means something that it's like, okay, we're just going to plug and plug and play. And for others, it's like, no, we're going to start attacking the, the Z, the Y, et cetera. Um, where it's like, really, that's a matter of, and there's a ton of value because like, I don't think books have a, you know, a great way of kind of differentiating between the two teams because they have to kind of have a general rule. It's very complex to to kind of account for these things. But if you're just doing it on a, a one-off basis and you're looking at the injuries, you got to like pay attention to the team tendencies. Do they, does this team like look to historical data, look to the coordinators? Are they just going to plug and play or are they going to change their offense? That makes sense. Um, Judah, thank you so much for hanging out with us. We appreciate you. And uh, you can go find him on Twitter, at ThrowTheDamnBall, of course. And uh, find all his great content on PFF.com, PFF app as well. He's promised that he's getting a haircut before our next episode. So we'll hold him him (laughs) to that. Um, Thank you, brother. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah. Before we get to uh, Arjun, I want to remind everyone that uh, if you're looking, you've finally pushed into betting by us and this podcast. DraftKings, great place for you to get started. Go to DraftKings, use promo code PFF, bet just $5, get $200 in free bets. Get yourself set up for the big day. There's still time. Um, and take advantage of those free bets and maybe place some on some draft props afterwards as well. Uh, all customers that show up to DraftKings and use promo code PFF have that opportunity. But if you're a current customer, shouldn't shy away either because there are plenty of Super Bowl boosts for current customers to get excited about. So we're about to talk about some great bets that we like for the upcoming Super Bowl, many of which are not going to be spread or total related. Remember, props are the way to go. And DraftKings has plenty of those. Go to DraftKings Sportsbook and download the app. Use promo code PFF. Minimum uh, age restrictions do apply. This is Void in Ohio, and the show notes will give you more details. Also, go check out our friends at Western and Southern. Western and Southern Financial helps you create a game plan to reach your financial goals. So whether that's buying a house, starting a family, just saving up for retirement, whatever it might be, they can customize a game plan for you by going to westernsouthern.com slash PFF, and they will help put together a winning plan specifically for you. And last but not least, if you're looking for another way to uh, participate 
in in betting maybe you can't bet legally in the state that you're at um, go to underdog fantasy they have tons of awesome contests both for the super bowl and for other sports that you can play and if you use promo code pff they will double your first deposit up to 100 dollars. underdogfantasy.com and the underdog fantasy app is to bet on the game and uh which song rihanna is going to lead off with i am going to guess that you've done more research on the game than you have the rihanna first song but i'm here to be surprised look i mean I, yeah i'm a man of surprises i i don't i mean you guys probably don't even know that like my favorite genre of music is rock and that i i literally could not name you a rihanna song like just off the top of my head so of course like i, I don't have <laughs> much of any research done on that um and yeah i've definitely been trying to find angles to to bet on this game from like a props and just a overall game line perspective i what like, so like, i have to like i have we haven't to seen you haul we haven't seen you ripping the guitar on twitter dude we, we've seen it we, we've seen it man go ahead george <laughs> i haven't seen these i was gonna ask oh, where's on, this man. where's the evidence Aren't no you shred, can dude. you sh- all right yeah. this is a if the, we needed incentive for people to join the printing press discord this is it We've been told that that Arjun is going to perform live in the in the printing press Discord. So if Rihanna is not your thing, uh, we have <laughs> we have Arjun on the guitar. Um, give me your favorite uh, favorite performance then, favorite performer band solo. Yeah, it is. have to go have to go with uh, Metallica. Um, just nice. overall favorite favorite band has my favorite songs. I've got to see them live in LA when they when they toured the US, thankfully. So I've gotten to see them live. The performance wasn't as good as the the originals, but you know, it's it's just, it's about the vibes there. And you know, it's definitely I, I went there when I was like 15, 16, and like I think I was the only one of my age group there. So definitely a in, interesting vibe to go one to one of their concerts. I can imagine That's you were sweet. the youngest guy there by about 40 years. <laughs> Um, all right, let's talk. Let's talk uh, this game then. So, uh, Arjun, why don't you kick us off? Like, what what's one of the more interesting things that you've, as you started breaking this down, and we talked about it on Sunday, kind of initial reactions, right? But as you started to um, kind of peel back the layers of the onion, what sticks uh, what sticks out to you? Yeah, so n- not a lot has changed in terms of like my kind of read on this game. Um, I, I think the Eagles run game will dominate. I know for the most part, the Chiefs run defense has been pretty good. They kind of shut down the Bengals last week, but I still think they're susceptible um, in, in the interior. I know Chris Jones is a great pass rusher. He has his great, he has his moments in the run game, but I do worry about like their other interior guys with, with Mike Dana um, and especially their edge, edge guys. Like playoff Frank Clark is a tremendous pass rusher, but if you're able to attack them at the edges, I think that's where you can have a lot of success. So I've been l- looking at some of the rushing yard props for the Eagles, the longest rush prop for the Eagles, which I think there's, you know, some evidence where the Eagles will dominate there that, you know, I'm happy to, to talk about as we get into some of the, our favorite bets. Brad, what about you? Anything that's, uh, that's stuck out to you? Yeah. So, you know, moving on from what we talked about Sunday, I think the one that's really jumped out to me is the longest reception prop. Uh, I talked about it on our Wednesday show last week, uh, in particular with Devontae Smith, and it was actually 24 and a half last week, and it's now 23 and a half. And I get that we identified that the Niners were susceptible to outside, you know, outside the numbers, downfield passing, but the Chiefs, we saw T. Higgins obviously mossed them in the end zone. Jamar Chase in double coverage, neither neither defensive back turns around, just catches the ball in the middle of the field right by the goal line. I think you can also, you know, Steve Spagnolo runs a lot of man coverage. He's going to blitz, I'm sure, throughout the game at certain points, maybe try to t- capitalize. 
on some of the banged up Eagles offensive linemen. Um, and I think going back to that well um, with a longest reception prop for Devontae Smith is interesting. And then a second one, um, an alternate spread, which I love that they have these. Alternate spread for Isaiah Pacheco, rushing and receiving prop. Over 100 is plus 360 right now on DraftKings. It's, of course, going with the narrative of you think the Chiefs are going to win this game. He had six catches for, I want to say, 46 yards against the Bengals. They've clearly, he's become the dude both as a pass catcher and obviously their main rushing threat. So it's a game script play. It is, of course, you know, kind of counter to the spread and, and the narrative here of the Eagles being the favorite. Um, but if you like them, we know the Eagles are sixth worst against the rush in terms of EPA per run. Um, and then you add in that I think maybe we're going to see, you know, four, five, six targets and maybe catches again from Isaiah Pacheco. Yeah, he played, yeah. Um, I think it's 25 uh, receiving snaps or passing snaps. It was the, the by far his highest. He had six targets, which was double the most that he's had all year. And it was successful. I mean, that's the other thing. Like, the dude was untackleable. I thought it was very clear that he provided more juice than, than Jarek McKinnon. And here's the other thing. These receivers, I mean, we don't know yet. But, like... You know they're banged up and and they're not that great to begin with please don't throw stones at me Chiefs fans like they are going to be looking for someone to add some juice there and it's clear that that this guy can um you know so i, I think that's a really really good call out and you know it will be something i would guess that will move pretty significantly over the next week or so uh, but arjun what were you gonna say yeah, um, I, I wanted to add something on to Brad's point, um, talking about um, the longest reception prop. So I think this is something I brought up last week at one point. Um, the 49ers defense is built to kind of stop the Eagles offense. They love to run a lot of cover three. Um, they, and that's, that is the one coverage that Jalen Hurts struggles the most against. So, you know, for reference, um, Jalen Hurts has like a positive EPA per play versus almost every cover or against every major coverage. But against cover three, he averages a negative one point before last week, he averaged a negative one 0.162 EPA per play versus cover three. The Chiefs run the lowest percentage of cover three by a pretty significant margin. They run cover three only about 13.4% of the time. The next lowest is 19.7%. So you're not going to see a lot of single high from Spags, or he's not going to or history has kind of shown this season that he's not going to like be playing a lot of cover three, which is the one coverage that Hertz struggles against and against cover two, which is, I think Spag's main like coverage of choice Hertz is averaging a one point or 0 0.172 EPA per play. So um, I think there's a lot of good signs pointing towards the Eagles passing attack being efficient in this game, unless Spags come out, comes out and completely changes, changes his game plan to kind of attack Hertz's weakness. Yeah, that's really interesting. And, and the Eagles, on the other side, that's their most played coverage, um, is cover three, interestingly. Um, I think I looked this up. Mahomes actually um, just like seventh or eighth in PFF grade against um, uh, cover three. Now, I, I I don't use that as like a negative. Like, I don't expect Mahomes to go out and struggle against their coverage. I guess, you know, to me, it still really does boil down to what kind of a plan does Andy Reid have for Hassan Reddick and Josh Sweat? And I got to think that that's the handicap and that's why the Eagles are favored in this game. But I guess as I've thought about this more, you know, it's kind of a tired narrative to be like, hey, we've seen this game before and like, you know, the, the Chiefs got got killed in that game. They, they have faced that situation before. They clearly didn't have a good game plan for it. 
their offensive line isn't anywhere near as dilapidated across the board. You know, it's like they don't have, it's not like Andrew Wiley and, and Orlando Brown are injury replacements. They just stink. You know, they have uh, a really good interior, right, that is going to sh- shore that up, uh, as you'd expect. And you have a, a, a time in the Super Bowl where you failed against good edge rushers. So I wouldn't expect Andy Reid to come into this game and just go, oh, yeah, we're going to run back that same game plan, right? They are going to be thoughtful about this because they saw it take a Super Bowl away from them. And so I actually I wonder if that overreaction to this is something that um, you should actually flip the other way and go, no, they've, they, we have seen this before. They didn't do a good job about it uh, against it. But as you'd expect a great you know, offensive mind and, and, and offense to do, they're going to kind of scheme around it. So that was one of the ways that I was sort of thinking about you know, a play on this, on this game that you can kind of like then flow down into you know, different props and maybe construct a, you know, an SGP if you wanted to around. Um, and that's a very contrarian one. And you know, my question, I guess, for you guys is if I have that, I was kind of like trying to think this through. What would be the natural, like, say they do handle Hassan Reddick well. Like, what do you think that then correlates with in terms of, of who benefits on the on the uh, Chiefs side? I actually think we saw this against the Bengals, and I think it works for the Chiefs in multiple ways. My answer is I think they're going to play in more 12 personnel. A, to have Noah Gray or whoever else chip potentially on Hassan Reddick or Josh Sweat, but also to try to get the Eagles out of dime personnel. Now with Avante Maddox back, they've been playing, and when they had Avante Maddox and Chauncey Gardner-Johnson healthy, which wasn't a ton because they both kind of got hurt throughout the year, but of a ton of DBs on the field. And I think you try to get them to at least play in nickel and not have so many DBs all over the place with Reed Blankenship and Chauncey Gardner-Johnson and Avante Maddox. And then that way, you can beat them over the middle because maybe you get Kaiser White or TJ Edwards matched up against Travis Kelsey or whoever else they have in the slot. So that would be my guess is you see heavier personnel packages from Andy Reid. They elevated Jody Fordson from the, the practice squad last last week against Cincinnati. So like they've, they've kind of shown that they want to have different ways to get the defense to then counter. Um, and Gannon likes to sit back in self-coverage and get a ton of DBs out there. And maybe that's a way to force them say, hey, look, if you're not going to respond to this and you're going to be in dime against 12 personnel, then then my guy Isaiah Pacheco is going to run it down your throat. So uh, I think that's probably an interesting way. And maybe, you know, you, you play, I don't know, Noah Gray props, or maybe that's a little bit of a stretch. But but I do think that is, is kind of a counter that we could see from Andy Reid. That's interesting. I, one of the ways I, – so I, I like that one quite a bit. Um, I was actually thinking – about one of the ways that I would expect, and this is the probably the wrong way to think about it because you never want to like coach your kind of coach your bets or try and get inside Andy Reid's mind. But their strength, it, you know, obviously Mahomes is their strength, but they also have a real strength in the interior. And the Eagles have a weakness relatively defending the run. And so I wonder if they really do try and press that advantage. Andrew Wiley's horrible as a pass protector. He's not as terrible as a run blocker. And if they really try to run at these guys, do something that would completely throw people off guard, you know, because everyone's expecting Mahomes to, you know, throw a lot. And I'd expect him to eventually get there. But maybe they they come out and establish the run. I, I do think that could be, you know, a way towards that, maybe that, that first half under that we've talked about to some Pacheco, maybe carry props. Um, you know, that'd be an interesting, uh, an interesting angle there. But um Arjun, what what else are you thinking from a a kind of a betting angle perspective? Yeah, so um, like I talked about, uh, really looking at some of the Eagles 
rushing props, um, specifically the backup guys, Kenneth Gainwell. Um, one one prop I've really liked, Kenneth Gainwell, longest rush over eight and a half yards. Um, so the Eagles have the highest rate of perfectly perfectly blocked runs in the entire NFL by a pretty wide margin. It's about 5% between them, and I believe it's the Ravens. And the Chiefs are one of the worst defenses at allowing perfectly blocked runs, i.e. basically like when they when they're on defense they allow offenses to you know do their job especially along the offensive line so when you consider you know kenneth gainwell um taking carries away from miles sanders it's going to be in situations where i think you know gainwell's pretty healthy and he's also going to have a chance to break one off especially with how good the eagles are at you know blocking run plays and it, i mean even outside of the perfectly blocked run angle like the eagles are just the best rushing offense in the nfl and i think you know they've been splitting carries with miles sanders and kenneth gainwell for weeks now I like that one a lot. Just jump in real quick. I like that a lot because I also I mentioned my guy Kenneth Gainwell uh, on Sunday, and, and I may be looking at his combined rush receiving props. It's up by I think 12 yards above last week, so I'm probably going to stay away there. I think it's a bit of a you know market correction, but betting on one to pop off him to get one explosive rush um, in, in Jeff Statlin's elite. I'm glad that they show up first in that metric because I think um, anyone in the NFL would tell you they're the best run game in the NFL by a decent margin. So um, I, I like that one a lot because I'm a little bit wary of his his totals now because uh, they've been boosted pretty significantly. Yeah, that makes sense. By the way, our guy, uh, Dallas Goddard, um, remember he opened a couple weeks ago, 41 and a half. Opened last week, I want to say it's like 49 and a half. No one can quite get it right. They're splitting the difference here. He's at 46 and a half. Um, I actually, you know, even though he went under uh, last week and that was, you know, a part of our kind of thesis and, and it played out, I was actually surprised, you know, that the, the Niners did a very good job of covering him. They didn't allow any yak. You know, that was a, a huge piece of this. But they had him, they still got him pretty involved. They were not scared, right? It seems like he is a really central part of their game plan passing the, the football. And here's the other thing that I, I'm very interested to see in this game is Jalen Hurts was shaky. Yeah, he was definitely shaky against San Francisco. And you missed that long uh, A.J. Brown deep ball that I'm still not over. But I definitely see them leaning into the run, leaning into those short throws, leaning into Dallas Goddard, um, maybe a lot more short stuff for A.J. Brown, some of that yards after the catch, and taking their shots very carefully, right? Um, but, uh, you know, I, uh, it seems like if they kind of look at things, they go, yeah, we can kind of out-muscle the Chiefs. And so let's, you know, let's kind of lean into that. Um, okay, so just to, to set the table, we'll be back uh, on Sunday as we normally do. Um, that'll be a little bit of a different show. We obviously are not going to recap the – are they doing the Pro Bowl Skills Challenge? I don't even know what, what they're doing at this point. Um, I think that, so. <laughs> Yeah, we're not gonna we're not gonna recap that. Don't worry. Um, and uh, and then of course on uh, uh, over the course of next week and on Wednesday we'll come through with um, you know our locks of the week. Maybe we do we push that up a little bit. Maybe we give a couple on Sunday. Get the get the ball rolling before too many people come in. Obviously the um, national anthem syndicate. A lot of research to be done there. I've been hard at work. People think that I'm actually doing things for PFF. No, I'm really just scouring for Chris Stapleton um, national anthem content. Uh, and and Arjun is going to, of course, um, uh, diversify his musical tastes and uh, learn a lot about Rihanna. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Brad, I'll, be, your... I'll, be, I'll be a changed man by next week. Where's Rihanna on your list, Brad? 
Very much so near the top. Rihanna's a leap. Okay. Let me tell you. Let me tell you real quick. When you're in college, when the time I was in college, Rihanna was running the show. I mean, she hasn't made new music since, but 2012 to 2016 was the Rihanna era, if you will. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, remember to join the uh, the Printing Press Discord as well. Link is in the description. We've got uh, Printing Press hats. I've been getting. DMs left and right from people trying to get one. You can't get one unless you're a member of the Discord. Um, so go join and hang out and get uh, get some of the good vibes. Arjun, Brad, love you both. Printing press. Peace.